Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fireside Poems. I'm Dr. J. Today's poem is John Greenleaf Whittier's Telling the Bees. Telling the Bees is based on an old New England folk practice that Whittier himself explains in a note he published with the poem. A remarkable custom brought from the old country, he explains, formerly prevailed in the rural districts of New England. On the death of a member of the family, the bees were at once informed of the event and their hives dressed in mourning. This ceremonial was supposed to be necessary to prevent the swarms from leaving their hives and seeking a new home. With this background, let's go back to a simpler time and walk in the countryside with a young man as he tells us his tragic story of young love. Telling the Bees by John Greenleaf Whittier Here is the place. Right over the hill runs the path I took. You can see the gap in the old wall still and the stepping stones in the shallow brook. There is the house with the gate red barred and the poplars tall and the barn's brown length and the cattle yard and the white horns tossing above the wall. There are the beehives ranged in the sun and down by the brink of the brook are her poor flowers, weed or run, pansy and daffodil, rose and pink. A year has gone as the tortoise goes, heavy and slow, and the same rose blows and the same sun glows and the same brook sings of a year ago. There's the same sweet clover smell in the breeze and the June sun warm tangles his wings of fire in the trees, setting as then over Fernside Farm. I remember how with a lover's care from my Sunday coat I brushed off the burrs and smoothed my hair and cooled at the brookside my brow and throat. Since we parted, a month had passed to love a year. Down through the beaches, I looked at last on the little red gate in the well-sweep near. I can see it all now, the slantwise rain of light through the leaves, the sundown's blaze on a window pane, the bloom of her roses under the eaves. Just the same as a month before, the house and the trees, the barn's brown gable, the vine by the door. Nothing changed but the hives of bees. Before them, under the garden wall, forward and back, went drearily singing the chore girl small, draping each hive with a shred of black. Trembling, I listened. The summer sun had the chill of snow for I knew she was telling the bees of one gone on the journey we all must go. Then I said to myself, My Mary weeps for the dead today. Haply her blind old grandsire sleeps the fret and the pain of his age away. But her dog whined low on the doorway sill with his cane to his chin. The old man sat and the chore girl still sung to the bees stealing in and out, and the song she was singing ever since in my ear sounds on. Stay at home, pretty bees, fly not hence, 
Mistress Mary is dead and gone. In the middle of the 20th century, the poet and spiritual writer Thomas Merton, while reflecting on the poetic power of the Old Testament Psalms, wrote this about the place of nature in poetry. Light and darkness, sun and moon, stars and planets, trees, beasts, whales, fishes and birds of the air, all these things in the world around us and the whole natural economy in which they have their place have impressed themselves upon the spirit of man in such a way that they naturally tend to mean to him much more than they mean in themselves. That is why, for example, they enter so mysteriously into the substance of our poetry, of our visions, and of our dreams. That, too, is why in an age like the one we live in, in which cosmic symbolism has been almost forgotten and submerged under a tidal wave of trademarks, political party buttons, advertising and propaganda slogans and all the rest, is necessarily an age of mass psychosis. Since Merton wrote these words in 1953, we've seen a renewed interest in the poetry of nature. The poems of Gary Snyder and Mary Oliver come to mind, but we can also find this health again by turning to the poets of earlier times, times before our modern severance from nature, telling the bees is saturated with rural nature, where the human and the natural are everywhere intertwined in healthy ways. Let's listen again. Telling the Bees by John Greenleaf Whittier Here is the place. Right over the hill runs the path I took. You can see the gap in the old wall still, and the stepping stones in the shallow brook. There is the house, with the gate red barred and the poplars tall, and the barn's brown length, and the cattle yard, and the white horns tossing above the wall. There are the beehives ranged in the sun, and down by the brink of the brook are her poor flowers, weed or run, pansy and daffodil, rose and pink. A year has gone as the tortoise goes, heavy and slow, and the same rose blows, and the same sun glows, and the same brook sings of a year ago. There's the same sweet clover smell in the breeze, and the June sun warm tangles his wings of fire in the trees, setting as then over Fernside Farm. I remember how, with a lover's care, from my Sunday coat I brushed off the burrs and smoothed my hair and cooled at the brookside my brow and throat. Since we parted, a month had passed, to love a year. Down through the beaches I looked at last on the little red gate and the well-sweep near. I can see it all now, the slant-wise rain of light through the leaves, the sundown's blaze on her window pane, the bloom of her roses under the eaves. Just the same as a month before, the house and the trees, the barn's brown gable, the vine by the door, Nothing changed but the hives of bees. Before them, under the garden wall, forward and back, 
went drearily singing the chore girl small, draping each hive with a shred of black. Trembling, I listened. The summer sun had the chill of snow, for I knew she was telling the bees of one gone on the journey. We all must go. Then I said to myself, My Mary weeps for the dead today. Happily her blind old grandsire sleeps the fret and the pain of his age away. But her dog whined low. On the doorway sill with his cane to his chin, the old man sat, and the chore girl still sung to the bees stealing out and in. And the song she was singing ever since in my ear sounds on. Stay at home, pretty bees, fly not hence. Mistress Mary is dead and gone. We don't find a young man such as this in today's popular culture or in our discussions of the world. It may be that there are no more such men, or it may be that it just isn't the fashion now to take them into account. Some may say there never have been such men, but I know otherwise, and my guess is that there are still such today, and that perhaps they will come to the foreground tomorrow. I hope you enjoyed John Greenleaf Whittier's Telling the Bees, as well as other poems you've heard on Fireside Poems. There will be three more episodes of Fireside Poems. The last will air July 20th, and then after a week's break, I will begin two new podcasts to run on alternate Wednesdays. The first, debuting on August 3rd, will be Dr. J's American Passages that will range over 400 years of American writing to explore the many different visions of America American writers have presented. The second, Dr. J. Shakespeare, will debut the following Wednesday, August 10th, exploring the equipment for living Shakespeare's plays give us. I hope you'll stay with Fireside Poems through its final episode, and then join me in August for these new explorations.